well. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Welcome to, to Love Live, Ruach, Remnant Reality Radio's Praise Prayer. I'm sorry, it's not Praise Prayer, Decree and Declare. This is RIP 2.0, Ruach Reflections. Doers of the word, love, fellowship, gathering, where inquiring minds ask, were we in the Ruach HaKadosh or our own Yucca Flesh? I am Shalayak Scribe. President of Emulators, MC Shalayak Havahaba, and your special guest, Yajay, for tonight. Let's get to it. We start each podcast at 7.07 Pacific, 9.07 Central, and 10.07 Eastern. If you'd like to join the call, just dial 727-731-3257. No access code needed. Again, 727-731-3257. Three, two, five, seven, and you're in. If you're new, we hope this resonates with you, and we hope you keep coming back. If you're not new, well, obviously then, in that case, it resonated with you because you're back. Hallelujah. Time for the warning. A warning, damaged souls, damaged hearts, crushed spirits. Who you see here, what you hear here, when you leave here, let it stay here. Transformed Recovery is the refuge, the healing place, the hospital for the heart, the sanctuary for the soul. Our warm, friendly environment was created for caring, compassion, and love to be realized. No plastic people here. We keep it real. We invite you to we invite you to do the same. Open up, share your in-depth testimonies, your fiery trials, your tough temptations. Holding our past inside is poison to our souls. Sharing our issues openly re- reveals that which has been hiding in darkness to be brought into his marvelous light. It exposes the accuser, it loosens the liar, and it lessens the load. The freedom to feel you can safely open up in these love fellowship groups is vital. You are under no surveillance, and the transformed and the transformed out is not connected to any law enforcement agencies. You are not being set up for any type of failure here. No incarceration, no mental institutions, but for you to find your new exciting life as one in your new Yah fam, as a new creation. We are not an anonymous fellowship group like other 12-step programs. Rather, rather, we are very outreaching and promotional in an effort to reach the lost on purpose. Although we are not anonymous, we are very confidential. Opening up as a group is not to put your bad business out there, but rather to put solutions out there. We in Transform Recovery have come to understand that people will attend our love fellowship groups from all walks of life. People from every race or every color, race, gender, and background imaginable. Newcomers will come into our groups, extremely worldly, fleshly, broken people. They may be homeless, helpless, hungry, hurting souls who have no idea what to do. The amount of family dysfunction, soul sickness, and actual abuse, whether sexual, mental, physical, or emotional, will vary from person to person. Some may be heavily sedated on prescription drugs or may have even used today. It's very hard to help someone who's intoxicated, so we encourage anyone attending to speak to the Transformer after the meeting. We are aware that some are suffering severely and are hurting over things that may be quite graphic and horrific in nature. We want you to know you're in the right place. You're safe here. We learn to listen with the utmost sensitivity to each other's communication the circumstances. One scars, one seemingly impending doom of a jail sentence, a repossession of a car, a home foreclosure, one struggles with homelessness or even a house fire where all personal possessions were lost. Some will be struggling with hunger, poverty, sickness, dereliction, degradation, a death of a loved one, sexual abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse, spiritual abuse, physical abuse, even torture and or extreme bodily harm. 
etc., etc. The list of potential hurts and pains is, is as endless as addictions, idols, false gods, and sins. We encourage you to patiently and respectfully listen to each person share, empathetically understanding that some may be unquestionably quite rough around the edges. Their language may be offensive as they may have not yet learned to communicate properly without street talk, cursing, swearing, or lascivious talk. We ask as you, we ask as you long suffer with those still working on the perfecting of their potential dysfunctional drug damage and destroyed abusive character. We ask as you share to refrain from inappropriate speech, but we must be uh, must all be sensitive to where each speaker may be. Some may have never opened up a Bible before and may have no clue who the Messiah Yeshua is, let alone Yahweh or the Ruach HaKadosh. We can never assume that everyone is at the same place in the relationship with the Creator. Some may not know Him at all, and some may have may in fact have had bizarre church experiences whereby the spirit of love was pursuing them, but yet could not receive that love or may have rejected Yah love as He was trying to save them. We cannot possibly begin to stop, censor, or filter anyone's sharing. There is a saying that truly applies and transforms. We cannot become so heavenly-minded that we are of no earthly good. Staying relatable will assist us greatly in working sacred scripture step 12, which is essentially helping others correctly in the standards of leadership set forth for transformers in the sacred scriptures. Hallelujah. We're going to move into our seventh bodybuilder, our love, our Haba offering. This offering goes to support our radio and prison ministries, our faith favor farms and houses of worship, our Yahbility ministries. And, you know, if you think, if you feel like you're getting something from Transformed from Move 2.0, um, fantastic. That's great. Um, one of the best ways to show your appreciation for it. And we don't do this because we're asking for ourselves. We do this because there are more out there that are hurting. We do this because we want to be able to reach. So if you feel like the Ruach is pressing it on your heart to give in support of a ministry that's touched you, please do that. Second Corinthians 9. Nine, six, and seven explains that we are to give with a happy heart, not not begrudgingly, not out of necessity, but because we want to, because we know it's the right thing to do. In Malachi. Three, starting at verse 8, Yes, says, Will a man rob Elohim? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, And what have we robbed you? And the tithe and the offering. You are cursed for the curse. For the nation, all of it, you are robbing me. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me now with this, says Yahweh of hosts, whether I will not open the windows of Shamayim for you and pour out a better hot until there is no sufficiency of room to store it. And I will rebuke the devourer for you, and you shall not dis- and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground against you, nor shall your vine miscarry against you in the fields, says Yahweh of hosts. All nations shall call you Berachot, for you shall be a delightful land, says Yahweh of hosts. 
Your words have been strong against me, says Yahweh. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said, it is vanity to serve Elohim. And what profit is it that we have kept his charge and that we have walked as mourners before Yahweh of hosts? And now we are calling the arrogant Berachot. Not only are the doers of wickedness built up, they also test Elohim and escape. Then those fearing Yahweh spoke together, each man his and Yahweh gave attention and heard. And a book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared Yahweh and for those esteeming his name. And they shall be mine, says Yahweh of hosts, for the day that I will make up my treasure and I will pity them as a man is pity on his son who serves him. Then you shall return and see the difference between the righteousness or the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between him who serves Elohim and him who does not serve him. So in Yah's command that we give to the body, to the Mishpacha, to the to the administration, if you will. The instruction isn't given to support the administration. The command is given that what is given might be used as a ministering tool. That it might be administered to others so that others can see and experience firsthand the love of Ahava from the hands of their neighbor. So this request should be a berachot to each of us that we give as we're able. We know we can't outgive Yah, or at least we should understand that we can't outgive Yah, because everything we have is from Him anyway. So if you feel like you are baruched by Him, if you feel like you're being loved by the Mishpachah, then please go to give.yahweh.love. It's a free, it's a, it's a no-cost donation program. Go to give.yahweh.love. And whether it's a widow's might, the full 10%, the love offering, whatever the situation, whatever the ruach puts on your heart, please donate happily. Or you can mail a check or money order with a letter to Love, Inc., P.O. Box 68138, Phoenix, Arizona, 85082. Or you can text 77777 to 44321. Hallelujah. Now, in the name of Yeshua, we just pray that you would pour out your berachot on those that are able to give and those that are unable to give. Abba, that you would alter the situation, that you would press it on their hearts so that giving would become a desirable thing to do. Not a second nature, not a grudge, but truly a better hope to each of us. And yeah, we ask that you would pour it out so that the giving can continue. In the name of Yeshua, hallelujah. All right, well, as I said at the beginning, I am sure. And there was that uh, bank bag that I know I was throwing some receipts in for a while. All right, hopefully that takes care of that. Hi, Rock. Mute yourself, Marissa. 
righty. Anyways, um, yeah, uh, I am Shaliak Scribe, and I am glad to be here. I am grateful to be part of the Mishpaka, and I apologize for sounding short with Mar with Marissa. Um, Yami, if you would be willing to come on and pray clear the line and introduce yourself, and I will unmute the rest of the line so that they can mute themselves. Uh, <laughs> no, you weren't muted. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Hallelujah. I am grateful to be here tonight, and I'm thankful that my brothers and sisters are with me. We're coming before you, yeah, knowing that you will meet with us. You tell us to come and let us reason together with you, Father. You who knows all, you who ha is the creator of all things. Father, thank you that you put into the mind of the decision maker when we're placed in a position of um, where authority has to be respected. Father, thank you that you put within us the ability to be doers of your word and to receive the authority that you have to believe it and to um, uh, be vessels that not only are we doers of it, but that we stand up and you can count on us to, to be somewhere listening for your name so that your will or your exploit for that moment may happen and we may do our part. And tonight's big thing for us is to continue to look at ourselves and to recognize where, where the devil may have a hold that he doesn't deserve and that he has it only because of our ignorance or because of our unbelief or, in other words, it's on us if we don't study to show ourselves approved, we cannot um, receive the Baruch that you have for us as we walk in obedience. So let your anointing fall on your word and on our ear, and let that word go through our ear into our heart and be ruler of our heart. Let your flags fly high from the banner of our heart to prove that the king, you, Yah, are in residence here. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for that, Yami. If you folks would like to introduce yourselves, that would be fantastic. Everybody is Live. All right, if we want to introduce ourselves, we can.
Does no one want to talk? Apparently not. Okay. Well, hi, Leah. I guess it's me and you talking. So I am Marissa, and I am here and thankful for today that I had... Um, I didn't get as much done as I've been wanting to get done, but I've been got some cleaning done and some different things that was needed to get done, as well as just um, being in, working on my um, prayers and focusing, and I'm thankful that I was able to get um, through today. That Yahweh has kept me this far in life and I'm thankful for the the love calls for the transform recovery. I'm thankful for recovery and for my little one my my two little ones I should say. As they're both getting big each day. And that um that Ava's safe and she's she's well and she's uh have she's having a good time with her family and her cousins and thankful for being in Arizona for this season and getting to learn more about the difference between the agricultures like where the how the weather is here and it's different climates and the mountains. So I'm thankful for for the the view of the from outside compared to what is in Wisconsin. So it's a lot different and it's it's neat and I'll look forward to the of the seasons so they get to find out more in the future. So hallelujah. And I'm thankful for everyone here tonight. I think I already said that. I'll pass. All right, hallelujah. Thank you for that, Marissa. Who's next that would like to introduce themselves? Well, Yami, you prayed in. Did you introduce yourself? I don't recall. If not, Dan, we want to make your presence known. Well, I guess we can move along then. We're going to move into our reading right away. Which is as follows. Kodesh Step 10, RIP 2.0 Ruach Reflections is an examination of yourself weighed against every aspect of a perfect walk, a perfect life, modeled after the perfect person. Yeshua Messiah. Studying the Kodesh writings seriously is one of the greatest ways to go through each Kodesh Kippe step thoroughly so that nothing is missed in the Yah development of the new you. A great suggestion for a successful orderly love, orderly transformed recovery love fellowship gathering, LFG, is to study in oneness each of the listed Kippe Kodesh writings after each, for each Kippe Kodesh step. As an example, Weekly, bi-weekly, every other day, or even every day love fellowship gathering at the appointed time 
for your low fellowship group to meet. The format you develop will dictate the length of time for each activation of numerous small private intimate study groups. It is definitely going to take an army of servant leaders to set up unintended. Love fellowship gatherings don't need to be broadcast on Love Live Rock and Reality Radio, nor does it need to be recorded, but to generate support from multiple locations, the virtual love fellowship gathering can work in conjunction with the local LFG. Kippe Kodesh step ten is an activation step that activates the other sacred scriptures. The other Kippe Kodesh steps. Once we've taken some level of action on any given step, we must monitor our progress through the process of our own Yah development. Recording Yali actions, the actions daily and or even fleshly action, gives us a way of reflecting on our behaviors, good or bad, never for condemnation, but rather for conviction from Ruach. This check by Yah love from within leads us into Teshuvah, change, or the way Yeshua to transform positively out of an old pattern of thinking a stronghold or evil wronghold into a new pattern of thinking, a yahold. A paradigm is defined by Noel Webster as a philosophical and theoretical framework of a scientific school or discipline within which theories, laws, and generalizations along with the experiments performed in support of them are formulated. Noel Webster, the ultimate wordsmith, had the sacred scriptures in, had the Kitve Kodesh in English literally memorized. While in the world, before coming to our understanding of transform, transformation made available by Love, Inc. through transformed recovery, our paradigms were definitely influenced by ones misleading us through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the elements of the world, and not according to Messiah. From Colossians 2.8. Watch that there not be one misleading you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the elements of the world, and not according to Messiah. Books of love are Ahava, Yahuwah, Yahweh, I am that I am, Ea, Asher, Ea. Hallelujah. Give me one minute. I'm... There we go. When we come back, we will be looking at Romans 2, 4, for Romans 2, 4 and 5. For our verse tonight, or for scripture passage tonight. Anybody else? All right, I'll be getting mine out of a different version. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Uh, this is Daniel. Okay. I'll have to get mine that's, out of a different version. That's all right. You, you, you know, we were doing introductions earlier. I only called you about three or four times. So, <laughs> introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Daniel, and I'm not an addict, and I'm del- delivered and set free. And I'm looking forward to the blessed, the Buddha of Yeshua, um, delivered from uh, alcoholism and soul ties and strongholds. And <laughs> I'm going to say something else, but I don't know how it fits into what we do. It's just interesting to me, but I'm 60 days clean from lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. So sexual sin. So I'm thankful for that. Hallelujah, that's awesome. I guess you can tell where I go often. Dan, are you done? Yes. All right, can you mute yourself, please? Yes. Thank you.
All right. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If I could ask Marissa to actually start reading, Marissa, if you could read Romans 2, verses 1 and 2. Yami, do you have your uh, instruction book open? Right now, I just got pulled up to my own home, and I am unloading my car, so I don't. But I had one up at Dawn's house. She's got one now. Awesome. And I have one at home. All right. Fantastic. That's exciting. Um, I won't ask you to read them. Um, Marissa, if you could read one, two, and three, I will read four and five. Okay, just give me a second. He went, I'm going to read from the Hallelujah Scriptures as well. So, Rock recommends he wants us to start doing that. I like it from there too. So, so you want me to do um, one, two, or three? Yes. And chapter, chapter two. Correct. Okay. So, can you hear me okay? Okay, because he has me on my computer now. So therefore, oh man, you are without excuse. Everyone who judges, for in which you judge another, you condemn yourself, since you who judge practice the same. And we know that the judgment of Elohim is according to truth against those who practice such. And do you think, oh man, you who judge those practicing such and doing the same, that you shall escape the judgment of Elohim. Or do you abuse the riches of his kindness and forbearance and the opportunity he has given you, not knowing that the kindness of Yahweh leads you to repentance? But because of the hardness of your unrepentant heart, you are treasuring up a store of wrath against the day of wrath and against the revelation of the righteous judgment of Elohim. Hallelujah. You know, we're, looking, we're looking at this through the lens of the need for a seventh step. And this one actually ties it right in. Um, repentance, asking for, or Teshuvah, asking for the removal of our sins, these strongholds, these, you know, Anyali behaviors, whatever title you want to use them, or you want to apply to them just as long as you're not minimizing what they actually are. I commented a couple of days ago about how I thought uh, the term shortcomings didn't exactly do justice, didn't exactly serve what was actually going on thoroughly or effectively enough. And here Paul is saying again, now, as gently as possible, but still with some strength behind it, you've already removed your excuse. This is out of the HRB. Therefore, O oh man, you are without excuse. Everyone who judges, for in that which you judge the other, you condemn yourself. For you, those judging, practice the same things. But we know that the judgment of Elohim is according to truth on those that practice such things. 
And, O man, the one judging those practicing such things and doing them, do you think that you will escape the judgment of Elohim? So if we're judging unrighteously, if we're judging unfairly, if that if that log is still in our own eye, we're just inv- inviting harsher judgment, if that were possible. Verse 4 says, Or do you abuse the riches of his kindness and forbearance in the opportunity he has given you, not knowing that the kindness of Yahweh leads you to repentance? The footnote here says, Even repentance or teshuva is a gift from Yahweh. But as it states in verse 5, one must open their heart to receive it. And that opening of the heart, that's that asking part. Okay, so up until verse 4, if we're looking at this chronologically, you know, we are judging unrighteously. And somehow, somehow the world around us is very, very well versed and has absolutely got verses 1 through 3 perfect because they keep calling believers out on it. Now, again, I'm talking tongue-in-cheek not trying to be snarky or sarcastic. But the world seems to have a better understanding of those three verses and doesn't fully understand, and they can't be expected to. They can't be expected to understand the value of a step seven, which is the asking, because they don't even know they've got logs in their eyes. Now, our step sevens have got to be thorough enough to identify, have we abused the riches of his kindness and the forbearance and the opportunity he's given us? Don't we know, I mean, we do know that the kindness of Yahweh leads to repentance. We've been there. We've been through it. We, we, we've come to this point knowing ultimately that sooner or later all the other steps are going to lead to this. But then the request, the command, goes on. But because of the hardness of your hearts, identifying the problem is our heart. We are, whether, whether we want to claim ignorance or responsibility, most of us are going to claim ignorance. We are treasuring up a store of wrath against the, against the day of wrath and against the revelation of the righteous judgment of Elohim. So you could almost take this back to Malachi 3.8, which I read as, a, as an offering passage, back at the very end, where there's a book of remembrance being written up for those that serve Elohim. Is it spaghetti or what? Yeah, I mean, could you mute yourself, please? We're not talking about I spaghetti right it. now. It was muted, but came unmuted. I do apologize. It's in my hand. Okay. I apologize for getting sharp, Yami. So, as we're looking at this, 
when it comes to storing up wrath for ourselves. Then those fearing Yahweh spoke together, each man to his neighbor, and Yahweh gave attention and heard, and a book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared Yahweh and for those esteeming his name. And they shall be mine, says Yahweh of hosts, for the day that I will make up my treasure, and I will pity them as a man has pity on him who's has pity on his son who serves him. And then you shall return and see the difference between the righteous, the righteous and the wicked, between him who serves Elohim and him who does not. But because of the hardness of your unrepentant heart, you are treasuring up a store of wrath against the day of wrath and against the revelation of the righteous judgment of Elohim. I guess ultimately there's only one difference between those two those uh, Romans two five here and the and the passage in uh, in Malachi is Abba Yah wants to write the one book he wants the one book written he doesn't want to have to write this one. But he already knows our hearts. He already knows what needs to happen. But he's already created a way, a gift, a pathway beyond that book, and that is through the man Yeshua. But if the teshuva isn't there, if the tish, if the turning isn't complete, if the repentance doesn't change the behavior, somebody's somebody else is unmuted, please. But because of the hardness of your unrepentant heart, you are treasuring up a store of wrath against the day of wrath and against the revelation of the judgment of Elohim. So again, if we know to repent, if we know to teshuva, and don't teshuva, or continue to abuse the opportunity, sooner or later, whether on this side of eternity or the other, there's going to be consequences to be paid. There's going to be a price that's going to have to be reckoned with. And I believe that I would be better off, that I will be better off living in that step seven situation as we go through these 12 steps of transformation. Step seven has got to be a regular place to make sure that I don't get heady, that I don't get stiff-necked, that I don't get hard-hearted that I don't get unloving. And that's the beauty of Yah's love, that he does allow a way out for each of us. After this song, we'll come back, and uh, if you want to take an opportunity to talk about how your day was and what this passage spoke to you, that would be fantastic. We look forward to hearing from you. Give me one minute. Here we go. This will work. 
done it now Gone against the king Gone against the crown Said, oh no, you done it now Time to feel the fire Rumors spreading around How could you think he was dead down Said, rumors spreading around Nothing but a liar flesh as it connects to Romans 2 1 through 5 I guess I will and hopefully I can come back if I don't have it right but anyway 
name is Daniel, and I'm a delivered child of the Most High. And Romans, the Romans way. And I know and believe that the Ruach HaKadosh was uh, moving in me today. And for lack of other terminology, I want to say the Holy, the Ruach HaKadosh, I'll put it that way, uh, dwelled deeply in me as I started with an early morning prayer and then a um, a time of refreshing, a time of cooking breakfast, and then a time of doing something. Well, you know what? Matter of fact, loving on God and God's, I mean, I'm sorry, loving on his people, Yeshua HaMashiach had a, a mission. And if I can say it in terminology of a code, <laughs> But he had me to love on my brother, my family, and be patient. And I got a long message about two weeks ago, if that, about how to endure and how people with challenges uh, operate and how we're supposed to operate. And I learned it. I was excited about it. And then I failed. But so today I was excited and to start saying it and speaking it and thinking into what the question was, was I in the Ruach HaKadosh or was I in the Ruach HaKadosh? So the intentions was like Romans 7 and 14, to be all the way in the Ruach HaKadosh, but after a certain amount of challenges, I ended up in the flesh, so I got to admit that portion. And I do feel and at a time when I'm um, at the heart of my season and with overhead beyond what I pretty much almost ever had, I believe, now my battle was to get to work, go to work, go to work, go to the bike shop, you know, and do what I got to do. And I got a call from the next door, the owner of the bike shop next door to me, because I get work from him, he get work from me. So we feed each other. Anyway, and I got a call from him, and it was like, now, nah, I really know I got to leave, but I still had more work to do here. So I knew it was going to be a time of seeking Yahweh and for me to get back home <laughs> to hurry up and accomplish what I needed to accomplish. So uh, it was a long day, long day. So, But the word came forth, and I wish I could remember. One was Psalms 117, one was Psalms 119, 1 through 24. And it confirmed that Yeshua is opening doors and closing doors. So it just put me to a place where there's things I've been trying to drag my wife into and my family into. And he said, no, this is not for them. It's for you first. And then when they wouldn't join in with the conference or the small group or whatever it was, 
uh, get disappointed. So today, say fully operating in a Ruach Akadesh, I cannot say I did a hundred percent. Flowing with him and knowing where he gonna lead and take me and guide me, and because he has grace and mercy, he forgave me quickly. And I forgot to ask for some gas money from the pickup idea with picking up parts, but I did make a sale. Probably got a hundred dollar profit. I don't remember what I paid for the bicycle, but I went ahead and let it go for two hundred dollars. So. The customer was happy and and got a lock with it, a, a U-lock or whatnot, U-boat lock. So he was happy, motivated, encouraged, and I didn't even go into details why I was giving him a discount, I mean, or because of who, but I did let him know that since he was sure what high school graduate, alumni, I'm giving him a discount. So he just was thankful. And after that, I lowered a price. This wasn't me. That was the Ruach I could do. I think from 165 down to 100 I think the shoe is going to take it down to $75 tomorrow for a service of work I'm doing on somebody's bicycle that don't have means to a lot of funds. So I'm believing that Yahweh will get him on a transform call call, and he get involved. But for now, it's probably wild. As you sure, because I really can't use the money because of the time I'm going to spend on this person's bicycle tomorrow and the person I'm paying 15 to $25, and then I only get a $50 cut. So it's like I'm paying 25 for the house, 25 for me, and 25 for the person that's going to be helping me fix it. So anyway, long story short, I'm thankful that Yeshua is guiding me, leading me, and directing my steps in Yeshua. Hallelujah. With that, I pass. Hallelujah. Thanks for sharing, Dan. Appreciate that. Who's next? I've shared. Yami, you got something you want to share on this one? Marissa? Anybody? Yes, I'll call. I was reading it with you about moments 2, 1, 2, 5. Yeah, you can't hear me on the speaker? We don't want to hear you. Okay. Sorry, I was, I, was, I was coming, it's just my uh, hands are dirty. I didn't want to touch all my stuff before I wipe my hands off. But you start calling on people, I didn't want to make them wait forever. That's what you got these for. Yeah. So, hello? Still here, still here. Okay. All right, thank you. All right, so I was reading what's with you. But, Romans 2, excuse me, um, and this says about the judgment of Elohim, 
and can you read the whole thing again because Sam didn't hear it the first time okay therefore oh man you are without excuse everyone who judges for in which you judge another you condemn yourself since you who judge practice the same and we know that the judgment of Elohim is according to truth against those who practice such and do you think oh man you who judge those practicing such and doing the same that you shall escape the judgment of Elohim <coughs> as you despise the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience not knowing that the kindness of Elohim leads you to repentance but according to your hardness and your unrepentant heart you are treasuring up for yourself wrath and the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of Elohim so I know that Yahweh wants us to be able to ask for forgiveness and it's a daily process as things come to needing of forgiveness from our past sins and I am trusting and learning to trust more as Yahweh's helping me and overcoming the doubts that I know that he will forgive me. It's just looking at this um, so that I know that my my heart is not hard. And I just pray that Yahweh helps me understand my my heart so that he, that I can fully understand his love. Because I have struggled with that a lot. And that's what I've been, been praying about. And that Yahweh helps with my my heart and my um, being and repenting and understanding His forgiveness, and that He's able to help me overcome because He knows where I where I am right now, and and. Uh, Before anyone wants to So yeah, about um, number number two, um, one it says, therefore, oh man, you are without excuse. Everyone who judges, for in which you judge another, you condemn yourself, since you who judge practice the same. So I know that I have to know that Yahweh is my my judge and. That I don't judge others, and in the past when I have judged others, I ask Yahweh like, for forgiveness. They can't say they can't judge a book by its cover, so I have to look at people for who who they are and their heart, and not just the outward appearance. And there's a lot of people that look at people in the opposite direction or the wrong ways. So I know that Yahweh wants us to see them for, for who they are in their heart and um, that he sees us in our in our hearts and like as we are like little children we come to him like, like children so he judges us as we um, in our daily lives as we are in Yahweh and he knows where we stand and he's our ultimate um, judge of. <laughs> Anyways, I, 
Rack was doing something with the dog. It's, so I um I know that Yahweh wants us to be repenting of our um the wrong ways and so yeah. And we can't escape the judgment of Elohim. Because he'll he'll let us know when we're not doing the right things. So that's what it talks about here too. And they have patience. That, that Yahweh gives he does have patience and tolerance and um and he gives us those when we ask for them, which is in the fruits. So that's all I have at the moment. I'm going to hand the book to Santos. Can you hear me from here? Here, put it over there. In the corner. How about now? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. All right. So I think I'm going to just go with whatever parts I heard. Um, it's a little different hearing it from the Hallelujah Scriptures. I think it's like the, I don't know, the semantics of the writing is a little like choppy or backwards or something and I it's you know it's just not that familiar but what I was uh hearing um I think the main thing that applies to me is I have uh no business going around um judging anyone when I have, uh, without the the patience and the kindness that Elohim. Somebody's got something going on in the background. Thank uh, you. Hallelujah. So, um, Yahweh judges us with kindness and with patience. So I'm my thought was that that's the way I should be if I'm going to judge, you know, any situation that love, patience, kindness has got to I got to lead with those things, not condemnation and you know not to hurt but to um, to try to understand and empathize and have compassion, just like Yeshua does toward us and toward me in my struggles and in my weaknesses and in my failures. So I think that's what the gist of the first part of the scripture really is, is... I mean, it's not saying never to judge. It's just saying if you're going to do it, do it with patience and kindness. <laughs> and uh, so to me, that it just seems like obviously that's going to be a much better way of building a relationship or loving someone is to come with that type of attitude. And that's what I would want for me. And that's the example that uh, Yeshua set uh, for us as well. And um, 
I forgot what it said about the condemnation, so I just, uh, I mean, I should read it real quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, this one? Yeah, it is quickly. Uh, I can look it up, Romans 12, too, right? Romans 2. 2. 2, two, 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 two 1 and 2? Yeah. But the other side still says Romans. So yeah. Romans 2, let me just quickly go there, not to take up too much time. Right, so that's what it was saying. You condemn yourself. So if mm -hmm. I am not kind and patient, you know, anything that I am trying to accuse someone else of, I'm condemning myself with my own words if I'm not living up to that, uh, whatever it is that I'm judging, that uh, principle or that behavior, that standard, yeah then I'd be I'd be condemning myself if I was you know judging someone else on that matter. And uh everything that we do or that I do, it really needs to line up with the word. I mean I can that's how am I was I in the Ruach Hakadesh or the Yucca Flesh today? Well I'd I'd how would I judge that? I'd have to line it up with the truth and with the word. And, you know, I don't know really where I am when I'm, you know, focused on uh, working on board of director meetings and, and minutes and stuff like that. I don't really, you know, I'm not, obviously it's not, the, uh, it's not a spiritual thing. So I don't know that I'm in the Ruach, but I don't know if that's a fleshly thing either because it's a trade. It's something that I have to do. So, I think my heart was more in the Ruach when I had the opportunity to try to uh, Baruch uh, a neighbor. And I believe I you know, had kind words for my husband. I uh, you know, had quiet time with Yahweh this morning. Um, so I think I did some positive things. I also believe there's room for improvement in just how I speak to people and I can be nicer and more patient and more kind. The past. Oh, now I closed the book again. Hallelujah. Thanks for sharing, Sam. Next. Unmute Yami and see if she's able to share yet. Yami, are you ready to share? Or rock? Uh, <clears throat> I can half hear, and I didn't. What is the basic topic? Because I didn't get to hear all the reading. Romans 2 1 through 5, focusing on 4 and 5. Okay. <clears throat> well, fortified to me means to be um, set in a solid base place that I need to be rooted and grounded on the solid rock, the rock of my salvation, or 
and I need to agree with his um, choices of of um, what direction to do, and I need also to sometimes just do it without question because I have in the past really got myself in big trouble when I don't take that time to wait upon Yah to um, to be certain I'm going correctly. And also, if I'm going the wrong way, I, he doesn't let me um, be content where I'm at for long. He, with his love, he draws me back towards him. And I guess that's about all I'll share tonight. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and sorry, Rock, if I cut you off, didn't mean to. That's all right. Uh, Marissa just got a steak splash on this new Bible. Oh, shoot. Yeah. That's okay. Was- so you can't read the word nature anymore because it wiped out the E at the end. <laughs> I've spoke copy many times. Sometimes. Oh, we have her copy. <laughs> this, is, this is yours. Yeah, that's okay. You got what on it? Steak sauce. Steak soup. <laughs> Splashing around that steak today. Wow. I've done coffee and Bible before. So <laughs> the... Uh, the connection between Matiyahu 7 and being a Matiyahu 7 violator to, which of course is Yeshua himself speaking, and then, uh, you know, paraphrase the parable or a mashal through Matiyahu in speaking it out and in writing. The, the key here in Romaim is that we got... Shaul the Shaliach bringing forth, you know, that same concept of being careful in our judgment that we are not going to be unrighteous in it. We are supposed to judge. And we went through all these judgment scriptures, which were righteous judgment and which were unrighteous judgments, we went through all of this about a year ago or more in a very in-depth study. And we did it for that specific purpose because I think that the thinking of Christianity at large is much, much confused as to what righteous judgment really is. So therefore, there's a lot of people when they're being rebuked corrected, confronted by anybody within the body, let alone a leader, uh, they are hypersensitive and they just don't see the reason for correction. And, you know, the, the truth of the matter is in most cases, Abba Yah tried to correct most of us, I'm sure. I know it was with me. He tried to correct me over and over and over again. And I wasn't getting it with all the signs that he was putting in front of me to figure it out. 
So he'd send another person, and then that person would talk to me about something a certain way, <clears throat> and then I'd be like, as they were leaving, wow, what a jerk, or wow, that guy's really cool. So whether I could receive from that person of whether they were a good guy or a bad guy, that was now on me in the receiving. The truth of the matter is don't shoot the messenger is not just a joke. Yah sends messengers into our life with a message for us to be confronted, and sometimes he uses tough love principles to get that accomplished. There's probably no more tough love than consequences for your sin. That is the greatest way to, to see that Yah loves us enough that he will allow us to take a spanking because we deserved it in the first place. And that very spanking that we're getting could be the transformational hickory stick necessary for us to wake up and start to move in that opposite direction or the teshuvah or teshuvah like the scribe was talking about. You cannot really get to be like Yeshua or Yehushua. You cannot get like him and be like him if you don't have that principle down because you are going to miss the whole punishment of the olive tree concept. And therefore, crucifixion of self or crucifixion of flesh, dying to self how is another way that it says it, you aren't going to understand what that really means and what that's really about if you don't realize that the no pain, no gain is not just a cliche, it's, it's real. A lot of times the only way that we come out of a painful situation is to not run away from the pain, which is how most of us as addicts have done it. We run away. We don't want to face the pain, and therefore we don't get the gain. We're great escape artists. All of a sudden we're gone. Poof, we're gone. Why, why did that person leave? Well, people leave transformed. I believe they leave this fellowship because they have to face their pain. There's no getting around it. Eventually, if you keep coming back, if you keep coming back, if you keep coming back, Abba Yah is going to confront you with truth at a really, really intense level. And from Marissa's machine. I'm not sure what's going on. If you hear me on this one or not. I had a phone call in the background. He muted. He muted you. Yeah. I know. And then I'm powerless if I'm not an administrator to unmute myself. So I don't like that. Hello. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Okay. Please don't unmute me. Or don't mute me. I mean, I, I was answering a phone so that I was 
less obnoxious, not more obnoxious. <laughs> I wasn't I, I wasn't sure whose who was coming through on if it was yours or Marissa's or what the deal was. It was off in the distance. I had to run over there while I ran over there. You muted me, so I couldn't even explain myself. All right. So I'm on. We're all on Marissa's phone. We're eating supper together, and we got the computer sitting here. And I'm telling her she, from now on she needs to go through her computer and a speaker so that we can all hear decent. Because with the fans rolling in the background, especially, it just the phones just don't go loud enough on speakerphone to make it happen. So we're we're through a little JBL speaker that really we could turn you up so loud that our ears would melt. So, uh, but we're not going to do that tonight. <clears throat> so what I'm saying is in the no pain no gain concept. Abaya uses pain as a way for us to come to our knees in submission. The problem is most of us will never go to our knees. We will just try to fight that, and he's coming at us with it, coming at us, coming at us, coming at us. The pain is coming, and he's like, just deal with it. Just run right into it, embrace it, hit your knees. Cry, travail, pour your heart out. But most people, they take years to overcome things rather than what could be done in nights, maybe weeks. Really doesn't even have to be months. But I'm not going to talk as someone cocky because when I found out what the real Kitvik Kadesh 7 was, and I really understood that it was about an altar. And it really was, as a feast, it was the Feast of Tabernacles, which is really about atonement and getting that concept of, all right, I surrender all. I'm going to now go in the opposite direction of this. I'm not going to keep hanging on to it. I'm going I'm going to leave it behind in my past. In other words, a resentment. I'm not going to hold this resentment towards my mother no more. I'm going to let it go. And sometimes even within that, a deception can creep in and there's still residue of not really fully forgiving someone, and we got to be real careful. And it's all it takes. All it takes is to hear that person's name. And all of a sudden we find ourselves back all worked up again. Why is that? Because you really haven't forgiven the person. You really haven't atoned for that sin of unforgiveness that you have in your heart. And... For me, when I found that old-fashioned altar, which was a really crucial time at five years clean, and I learned how to pray in the Ruach and really just yield myself completely, the yielding that happened was a over three-year journey because I was so ignorant of the practical application of Scripture to a life that even though I knew the steps, I didn't know how to apply these scriptures. So therefore, I could only work a program so far 
And at that point of five years clean, realized that was 10 years of AA. That was 10 years of 12 step. So I had 10 years of trying to fix myself only to, only to really realize the only thing that could really ever fix me and only ever has changed anything about me has always been his power in the first place. It was never by my willpower. We talked about this last night, and everybody really shared some great stuff last night on this subject. So the whole concept of running into the pain is that altar. It's like I remember the preacher would be preaching up there, and he would be talking on a certain subject, and I liked the fact that they had an open altar that you could go there and pray anytime. And I got so comfortable with that place of atonement, that place of, of an altar, that I would jump up out of my seat in the middle of a service and run to the altar and fall on my face. And I did that for three years, on and off, not every service, but on and off for three years. Scribe was a part of it. He saw it. He watched me do those things. In fact, by the time he came in 93, that was when I kind of peaked out as a person that could really, really connect in Ruach at that altar. And not just in the praying for myself, but then it began to work itself through an 8 and a 9 and a 10 and 11 and a 12. I was actually becoming an altar worker because the prayers weren't for myself only. Now I hurt for others really deeply. And I got outside of myself in that process, and that was important because I realized that others had gone through a lot, a lot of horrific things too. And sometimes they didn't even have to tell me. The Ruach would tell me. He would tell me right out, this person's been abused. This person's been abused. This person's been abused. And I would know it. And then he would tell me what to whisper in their ears as I was praying for them. And they would turn after we were done crying together and praying it out. They would turn to me and say, how did you know all that stuff about me? If you want to really work in the signs, the wonders, and the miracles, and to be the healing in the middle of Yeshua's healing of the brokenhearted, in the middle of setting captives free, it's being an altar worker. I see these Assembly of God people, they go up there, they're all cool, and there's no emotion. And they're, they're, that's not the kind of altar worker that I was, nor the people that I had brought in that began to join forces with me, like Brother Terry or Kugel, Cook. I mean, when we worked altars and we both prayed for sand, when we brought sand into that environment, and she had been trying for a long time to really get an overdose in the Ruach Kudosh. <laughs> I had to make it rhyme. I did it. She was wanting that overdose in the Ruach Kudosh. 
And hallelujah, the overflow came. And she had not experienced that intensity for a long time. I think what happens after that intense experience is most people start to get less and less and less and less intense rather than crescendoing and getting more and more and more and more intense. I was the opposite. And I looked at all those people that had been around who they'd tell me these stories of how they used to be on fire. And I remember saying to myself, I'm never going to let that happen to me. I'm never going to become lukewarm. I'm never going to get complacent. I can't do that. Because I believe complacency was the biggest thing that caused me in every backslide I've ever had. It was always because of complacency. It's one of the main reasons why I'm trying to help Marissa keep her house in order and keep her priorities in order in that because I don't want to ever see her backslide again. And I know if you keep Yah first in all things, the things that are added to us, as he says it would happen, it's, it's miraculous. Because he'll add one trait into you and you'll be like, Wow. And then he'll add another trait and then he'll add another. And if you haven't seen somebody for a year or two years or so, and all of a sudden they see you, they're like, man, what happened to you? I know Michael Hansen, one of my best stoner buddies from high school, is blown away at who I've become. And quite honestly, I'm pretty blown away as to who he became. Because he was pretty messed up, too. And then after he married a preacher's daughter and went to Christian school and all that happened, which I kind of was so stoned during that time of my life, I hardly even remember everything he went through. But then he re-explained that he left Plymouth, and I forgot he left Plymouth, and where he went. And I remember when he came back and we partied together and, I mean, he was the kind of guy that was smoking weed and blowing the hits in his four-year-old brother's face and trying to get his brother high. He was really messed up. And that I couldn't even deal with. I was like, dude, stop it. Stop it. Because I saw the abuse in it, you know. But he was the babysitter, you know. He had, oh, I got to take this runt with me, you know. And he was upset that he had to watch his little brother, you know. And he's just such a different person today. He's brought up foster child after foster child after foster child over the years. And we have messengers, people sent into our lives. And I don't know who they all were for him. But I can make a list right now and say, who did Yah send to me to help me grow? to take me to the next level and the next level and the next level and the next level. And I believe that we probably can all relate to that because there's been people in our lives that really have impacted us more than others. I think those are sent ones. And all that their job might be in our lives is just a small little part of who we are to bring that part into completion or fruition to make us better people. But we never get to that place 
if we run away. And that's what addiction wants us to do, is it wants us to run from the pain, and then we don't get the gain. I started doing the no pain, no gain speeches and preaching already back in my early 20s. So these messages are 30-some years old, and they regurgitate out today when I least expect it. So I didn't expect to talk on this tonight, but I think it's so appropriate because sometimes in the getting short, like Sam was talking about, maybe the person we're getting short with is a messenger and they're trying to say something to us. And I can even remember in the recent past of just this last year, there have been times I got so mad at Sand for saying what she had to say, and she maybe wasn't the kindest about it, but at the same time, her message was pure, even though it came out kind of harsh. Like, take the fly head off, or fly off a of rock's forehead with an axe. It was harsh, right? It was sandpaper. It was sandpaper, right? Pun intended. It was not smooth, but it was blunt. And the fact of the matter is, if I was too much of a wimp and not strong enough to be open to receive correction, which would make me a fool, which were warned of not being a fool in the proverb, the Michelle, then I would have missed what Yah wanted to speak through her. Just like those people would have missed what I was trying to speak and when Yah was speaking through me to those people at that altar many years ago. We do act as sent ones when we are submitted. Quiet! Sit down. Not another peep out of you. Big mouth. So, the, the thing that really, really is important and imperative for all of us to grow is to stay open. To stay open because you don't know, especially if you've been praying for it, you don't know who Yah's going to send next. Some of the most profound things that have come to me have come from the people I would least expect them to come from. And surely when I see my wife and her defects, I would never expect all of a sudden for her to say something very wise. It's like, wait a second, you just were like over, way over here. Now how can you be this really wise person? And that's, that's the battle. That's what... She's in a battle, I'm in a battle, Marissa's in a battle, Scribe's in a battle, Yami's in a battle, Daniel's in a battle. We're all in these battles, and sometimes we're so wrapped up in our own that we can't empathize very well to someone else and long suffer with someone else because our own battle, like me having to go through all this technical stuff, is such a torturous battle that I can't all of a sudden be kind because... I'm pissed off. I'm angry. I'm mad at Google. I'm trying to forgive them right now. So get out of my way, everybody. I'm not 
trying to be nice. I don't want to be nice. I don't want to do sales calls right now or try to promote a product right now or try to be Mr. Customer Service to anybody. And I surely don't want to counsel somebody in ministry right now. So if you're going to call me for that, any of you on the line, now's a bad timing. I have a big sign on my door that says he's gone fishing. <laughs> you know, I think every one of us can relate to frustration and allowing ourselves to get frustrated. And when a whole week, when I, I was driving back a Shabbat ago, thinking about, I got to call a millionaire that I'm trying to establish a stronger business relationship with. I've got to set an appointment. That was supposed to be Sunday, and it's Thursday night. We didn't get together on Sunday. I texted, let him know, yeah, I don't think it's going to work out. Got this project with Google. I got to work through this, blah, blah, blah. Let's shoot for tomorrow. Which is better for you, Monday or Tuesday? Which looks best for you? They're out there. And I was going to morning, afternoon, or evening. Which looks best for you? I was going to be this professional appointment setter and impress him. Like, man, this guy really knows how to set appointments. I like this guy. I want to go ahead and, and do business with this guy, right? Monday comes and it ain't working out. I'm bogged down in technical overwhelm mode to the max. So I put it off in a text message, hey, you know, really wrapped up with this Google thing, blah, 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 blah. Can we meet tomorrow? His answer real quick and simple, yep. Tuesday comes, didn't happen. Yesterday came, didn't happen. Today came and it went and it didn't happen. And the dance classes that we were supposed to do Two nights ago, they called while I was on this call. So that didn't happen. And we were going to go dancing this week. The best laid plans that you can put out there sometimes are not going to work out. And when they don't work out, there is going to be disappointment. And there's going to be frustration. And, and you know what? I dread anything connected to my wife that has to do with disappointment. I dread it because to me, that means we're going into major severe depression and I can't let her drag me into it, but it almost always tries to do that because it's such a demonic force that messes in our relationship. There's almost an always a fight that's going to come in our marriage because of a demon called disappointment. And the one that he ties in with disappointment or he uses the disappointment to bring us into discouragement, that's really the demon that speaks to us is getting us discouraged. Not encouraged, discouraged. And that is a sucker. Oh, I hate that one. Because I'm the encourager. So I'm the actual opposite person of that. So when she's getting discouraged and she starts blah, 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 and she's feeling all that out, I'm like, yeah, but think about this and what about that? And wow, there's this 
big silver lining in the cloud over here. Can't you see the rainbow? And I'm like trying to be Mr. Positive and she does not want to hear it because she is in discouragement mode and I'm in encouragement mode because I'm always in encouragement mode because I found out it's my strongest gift. But even that encourager doesn't even want to come out to play when I'm being discouraged myself. So these demonic forces that we wrestle with, not with flesh and blood. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. The reason that Marissa was told day after day after day after day to read Ephesians 6 is because she needed to understand this is a battle that is beyond her flesh. This is principalities and power that try to pick at our flesh to get our flesh all stirred up. But it's something, it's an outside force, and what we, we have to do is we got to get so strong inside with this Ruach HaKodesh pouring out to the point of we can't we can't ever let ourselves have a couple of drops of ruach of living water drops in us no 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 it says the mikvah of ruach that means you are immersed in ruach that means you are full of him and that's the way we have to get ourselves to every day because you can't fight this enemy half empty you can't fight this enemy half full. He will take you out. He will take advantage of you. He will suck you in every time. But when you're ruach filled, it's like you're stainless steel. Oh, your, your shield of faith is out there in front of you like it says in Ephesians 6. It doesn't even get a chance to get to the breastplate because the shield of faith is out in front of the breastplate. So your heart, which is what the breastplate is protecting, which is where your soul is, the very essence of who Yah made you is in this protective mode from these discouragements that can come. I'd love it if she'd be kinder in those situations. Yeah, for sure. But I'd love it more if she'd have the shield up more often and have her breastplate on so that it wouldn't even get to her in the first place. Hello? When I got my shield out, this stuff doesn't bother me. Half as much, not even 10% as much. But when I let my guard down a little bit, start start letting it in. Oh, I'm so mad. Why did this happen? And now I'm letting it in, right? I'm not saying, oh, wait, I'm not wrestling against Flesh and blood, I'm wrestling against principalities and powers of the air. And duh, I suck right into it. Same way my wife does. It's human nature. Now, are we going to use it as an excuse to fail? Or are we going to use it? Here's, here's the big one. This is a rockism. Do we use it as an excuse to fail? Or do we use it as a reason to succeed? A rockism by Rock Rice. That was written about 20 years ago. We have to take every circumstance under control, which is just similar to taking every captive 
thought. Every thought has to be taken captive. Every circumstance has to be taken control of, not by your control, but by the control and the power that has all control, which is Yah control. And if your Yah control is in place within you, most of this stuff just goes away. That's why Joyce Meyer says in Battlefield of the Mind that the two bookends, one side is love and the other side is self-control. That's why she says that. Because if you don't have those two in place, all the rest of it kind of flies all over the place. There's no bookends. So they just kind of fly. You got seven other things that are just wandering around inside you. Oh, where's my joy? Oh, where's my peace? And you're just a basket case, right? <laughs> Where is it? But when we got those solid foundations of love and self-control in there, that's how we get clean. That's how we quit drugs. It was the power of the love, which conquers all, and the self-control. No, I'm not picking up anymore. I'm done. I love myself enough to stop killing myself and hurting me. I love my neighbors enough that I'm not going to hurt my mom and dad anymore. I'm not going to hurt my children anymore. I'm not going to hurt these people by being this using addict. So it starts with the addiction first. That's usually what brings people into transformation. But as they start digging, they realize it's a lot deeper than the drugs. The drugs are more of a surface thing that everybody can see. It's the things underneath there, the flesh, the strongholds, the wickedness, principalities, powers, demons, defects, sins. It's all of that other stuff that makes transformed recovery the ultimate recovery program because it's based on the Kitve Hakodesh. And we're not ashamed of it. We're not ashamed of the good news of Yahusha. We're not ashamed of the good news of Mosheah. Every one of these stories is great news. It's great news that he took a failure and he transformed his life. Wow. And that's why right in our format we go through that portion of saying all of those people that are Bible heroes, many of which are heroes of faith in the uh, Hebrews 11, Heroes of Faith chapter, these are our inspiration. These stories are examples for us to say, hey, you know what? If Yasef can do it, I can do it. That dude was thrown into a pit by his own brothers. And I'm sitting and whining that I got two brothers that are drunks up north in Krivitz. My brothers never did anything like that to me. Oh, they wrote some stuff about me on the internet. Wah, 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 rock. Okay, whatever. If I start comparing pain of situations... Oh, Brittany said something bad about me. So what? 
She's the one that loses when she does that. We know what the scripture says. Oh, Tom Muller's gossiping about you, Rock. He's saying all kinds of bad stuff all around Milwaukee. I was ready to punch him out. Well, why didn't you? <laughs> why didn't you? There's going to be persecution. There's going to be people that don't like you on Facebook. There's going to be people that want to argue with you. You can't fix stupid. Scott Scribe Pratt says it all the time. It's one of his number one scribisms. <laughs> you can't fix stupid. Along with stupid should hurt. <laughs> stupid should hurt. So, yeah, this is a this is an excellent portion of scripture to really stir up a lot of thought about the principle of removing the old man completely. We we got we got to get rid of the old guy. You know, why hang on to it? Why hang out in the wilderness? Whichever example you want to use, whether it was a, a, a nation that hung out in the wilderness or whether it's you personally as a person who is Yisrael, if you are really in the Mishpachah of Abiyah, you as the new, Mish, uh, the new Yisrael, all those examples given to a nation are now for you because you become the nation within yourself. You become the tabernacle, the temple, the synagogue, all of it, wrapped up with badger skins around you. Some of you should go out and get a badger skin jacket just to make sure that you know that you're, you know, really on board. Because that was the that was the first temple, you know. Yeah, we saw a badger on our Texas property. Oh wow! That was the night we took the wrong way in. That was really something. Long way in, yeah. But we made it. So, yeah, I uh, I really am grateful that Revelation has come. I don't call myself Revelation Rock for nothing. He's really revealed a lot. Had an incredible talk with Stephen Shipley today uh, about his own personal development as well as developing things within the system at Norton, Kansas. Correctional Institute, and had some really intense discussion with Birdman uh, as well. And I think I'm taking my time just re-loving each other and reconnecting. And uh, it's time to go stronger now in the ministry. And I really think sending in the Hallelujah scriptures to these guys is going to be a great, a great thing. Uh, it's going to help a lot. I still want them to read the HRB alongside of it. Okay, I'm not throwing out the HRB. I think putting the two alongside of each other can really do a lot for a person. And um, so, yeah, Bird and I had quite the talk today as well. Continue to pray for his foot. They can't figure out what's wrong with it. 
but they want to do surgery. It's really funny. Yeah, we'll do surgery. We don't know what's wrong with it, but yeah, we'll we'll just cut it off, you know. That sounds crazy. I mean, doctors are ridiculous. Yeah. They don't really know wow. what's wrong with it, but we'll we'll do surgery and we'll figure that out once we get in there with the knife, you know. Thank you, doctor. It's crazy. <laughs> so, uh, I do love y'all, and uh, finally, I do want to give a praise report that I really had an incredible conversation today with Ben Reamer. Um, so out of the Google mess, yeah, it affected his Haymail. He didn't know. He thought he was his own systems admin, and he didn't know that that was connected to my company, and he didn't know that every year, even though I said it, that he was getting an $80 benefit. And really, if you look at the price, it could be more than $80, depending which resources you use out of this beta testing that we've been a part of. So in almost, what, eight years now uh, with him uh, having a Haymail account, that would be uh, eight times 80, so whatever, $640, you know? So I made that real clear to him, and he said, yeah, I think I can handle the dollar or the $3 a month if, if that's what I got to transition into. Because for Zoho, they have a dollar plan. There is a dollar plan. But he needs bigger than that because what he also revealed is he's been writing and writing and writing. And where is it? It's all in his Google Docs. He's got Bible study after Bible study and different things that he's wrote personal it's like his journal is in there so he said no it's it's priceless to me i need to get it out and right now i got a complete backup going on of everybody's files so there is definitely you know the ability to back everything up is there um how you get it all back out that's a little strange to me but opening this stuff and it's like okay what the heck is this yeah. yeah so but anyway it led to <coughs> obviously talking about truth and uh, I'm sure there's a big difference between where he's going right now to being with us yeah. and the intensity of study and working with the brokenhearted, going out on the streets, picking up drug addicts, all the stuff we had him doing was like, it was an adventure. And he even brought it up, he even brought it up tonight because he didn't know we were even living here in Arizona. And he brought it up, he said, you and I drove all over Arizona. Remember when we went and got Brian? And Brian was in northern Arizona. And he said, yeah, we went through Flagstaff and we were pretty close to the Grand Canyon and and Sedona, he said, right? So, yeah. So I told him, I said, you and your wife can come on out anytime. I said, you want to come out when it's really cold in Wisconsin this winter and have a nice vacation. We'd love to spend some time with you. It would be really nice. And uh, and he's very interested in looking at LifeWave because he's the one that shared longevity with us. So I felt obligated as we talked a little bit about nutrition to share back with him, I said, you know, you've you've really helped us both with my back and San 
overcoming pre-cancer cells. I said, and it has not come back since. And we've had a lot of other health benefits from that. And then I gave him our testimonies of what's happened with us with the patches. And he was, and then Marissa wanted to get on and give her testimony. So, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been quite the day. And like Sam said, problems sometimes bring gifts. So if this Google thing wouldn't have happened, we maybe wouldn't have been talking to Ben for years to come. And now we got a really good start. So pray for the, these relationships. Pray for these guys that are in prison. Pray for Ben Reamer. Pray for our enemies if, if they choose to be. If, if Tom's an enemy of ours, please pray for that. He seems to be. He chooses to be. If yeah. Brittany chooses to be our enemy, then pray for her. You know, we're not ever saying when we bring up the nasty, foul, unclean, wicked spirits that jump on people, we're never saying that we're condemning them. We're just pointing out the obvious. It's not, it's not hidden. It's not a secret. They're the ones that are out there acting like Jezebel. How can you, how can you say that it's a secret? <laughs> so what's going on out there in the darkness? I'm bringing it out into the marvelous light. Hallelujah, and I'm grateful that I'm not afraid of that Slewfoot slime bag enemy any longer. And I'm grateful that San and I have chosen to expose the enemy and not allow him to get in between us because he would love nothing more than to break us. She is my best friend. And I think I'm hers too, so that's pretty cool stuff. Next to Yeshua, I always have to remind her, but outside of that, she's number one. I'm supposed to be second, so I guess I'm second, because if I didn't love me, I couldn't love you, so I... I uh, I'm third of us. Yeah, you're third. Because if, if I wasn't second, then you would be a codependent. That's the priority list. Everybody write that down. That's a, that's a good way to put that in our book, right? Yeah, yeah the first of it is, is Rock is third, too. Why? Because we're one? Because we're one? Because, because San should be second in her own life because, he, because Yeshua is first. Which Absolutely. Absolutely. If she wasn't second in her life, then I'd be a codependent to her. So you're absolutely right. Yes. And that's what everybody needs to understand. If you don't love yourself. So you're fourth, right? <laughs> yeah, so you're number four. She, she's been in competition with you for 10 years, and she finally realizes she's beaten you. <laughs> um, I, wow, I don't I, I, yeah, okay. I'm muting myself again. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know how to respond to that. Um who thinks like that, right? Only someone who doesn't think right. Only somebody that doesn't think right, yeah. <laughs> no, uh nope, not touching it. Uh uh. All right, so, yeah, I appreciate you all listening. I know I went a little long, but I think I made some good points, and I appreciate you all speaking to me and through me and allowing that to manifest.
I did hear Jennifer, and if she has any sharing she'd like to do on top of all this, to put a little cherry on top of a beautiful cake that we baked tonight. What do you got, JB? Well, don't call me JB, please. <laughs> <laughs> you can call me Jen, though. I don't mind that. Yeah, don't call me Jenny. Don't call you Jenny. <laughs> I won't call you Jenny. I won't call you JB, but I'll call you Jen. That works. All right. All right. Um, well, not much to really say other than I agree with everything you're saying, and I never really thought of it that way. I always said, yeah, and then my, uh, my boyfriend, but. Now that you say it like that, I've, I've got to change some things around here. <laughs> so I'm, uh, that was a real eye opener. So I'm going to change that for sure. And uh, other than that, um, I'm gr just grateful to be here. And I almost didn't think I was going to make it because uh, my phone wasn't letting me, and so I had to add select share calling to my services so I can be on the ministry calls. So I got that taken care of so I could be here tonight. And so I'm grateful for that, and uh, I'm grateful just to uh, I, I got a mattress that I, um, I saved money up so I could um, flip this mattress and make more money and be able to do more things for my business and maybe pay some bills off. So I'm grateful for that bed. And um, I'm grateful for uh, LifeWave. I'm grateful for what it's done for me. I'm grateful for Sony uh, Organics. And I'm grateful for Longevity. And I'm just, I'm grateful to be at my papa's tonight and help him out and stuff. And I'm grateful for my GED class. I'm I'm just grateful to be here. Uh, and uh, you got to put y'all first. He's number one, and uh, then you're number two, and then who whoever you consider your best friend or your soulmate should be number three. So anyway. Uh, Oh, 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 my birthday's coming up this weekend, so I'm grateful I'm going to be able to celebrate it this weekend. Um, that's about it. Well, hallelujah. Appreciate that, Jennifer. That is enough. Um, glad to hear things are going well. And... We are going to skip to a break real quick. We will have our uh, just for today reading, and Marissa will be coming on with the uh, whatever prayer. Hallelujah. Let me get back to where I need to be. And stop scrambling here.
בשם תהילות ישראל, הבינו שבשמיים, לך כל הכבוד, כל הגבורה מכל המאומה. מבית ישראל ומבית הגויים נשאיר לך כל הנשמה, כל הנשמה תהללה, כל הנשמה תהללה, כל הנשמה תהללה, שירו ביחד הללויה, כל הנשמה תהללה, כל הנשמה תהללה, כל הנשמה תהללה, שירו ביחד tried so long to keep our drug use a secret, have found freedom from the obsession 
and compulsion to use. Though many of us enjoyed using right to the end, we sought recovery anyway. We couldn't stand the toll our using was taking on us. When we admitted our powerlessness and sought help from others, the burden of our secret was lifted from us. The same principle applies to whatever secrets may burden us. Yes, we're as sick as our secrets. Only when our secrets stop at being secret can we begin to find relief from those things that cause us shame. Just for today, my secrets can make me sick only as long as they stay secret. Today, I will talk with my sponsor about my secrets. Hallelujah. Marissa, are you ready? Yes, I am. Um, rejoice in Yahweh always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men, that Adon is near. Worry for not, but in all, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to, to Yahweh. And the peace of Yahweh, which depends on understanding, shall guard your hearts and your minds through Mashiach. For the rest, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is righteous, whatever is clean, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there's any uprightness and if there's any praise, they can me. And what you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, practice these, and the Elohim of peace shall be with you. Hallelujah. Thank you for that. Hallelujah. Abiyah, in the name of Yeshua, we just thank you for the evening. We thank you for those that shared, we thank you for the messages that were heard. And now we just pray a baruchatah upon all that were on the line and all that will hear this as a pre-recorded message, Yah. And we thank you, Yah. We ask that you bring us back here tomorrow morning at 6.37 Central, 7.37 Eastern, and 4.37 Mountain for praise, prayer, decree, and declare, starting your day the only way that makes any sense. And that is with the creator of the way. Yeah. 4.37 Pacific. 5.37 Mountain. All right. Thank you for the correction. All right. Hallelujah. Amen. See you tomorrow morning. Hallelujah. Good night.